0: it's the locked on podcast network your team every day hey everyone i'm ron johnson and this is the ron johnson show on locked on sports minnesota on today's show we got to get into it The national media keeps coming down hard on the Vikings, and I kind of understand why. It's it's a polarizing team right now. They have a head coach who's leading his team to the playoffs in his first year as head coach, so doing some Zach Taylor-type things with the Bengals, doing some Matt LaFleur-type things with the Packers. But Kevin O'Connell, something Dan Orlovsky said, and I'm not going to get the quote exactly right, but he kind of alluded to what happens in this Patriots game is going to kind of be – the 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 the, the litness test for this Minnesota Vikings team at 8 and 2 but we'll get into that next coming up on the Ron Johnson show
1: on the field in the broadcast booth Ron Johnson is Minnesota Sports one of a kind opinions big name guests the teams you care about every 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 day it's the Ron Johnson show part of Locked On Sports Minnesota and it starts now
0: Hey, everyone, it's Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show, and that's my producer, Sam Maxtrom. Uh, We're excited to join you on this beautiful day before Thanksgiving. Sun's out. Birds are chirping. They're about to fly south, I think, I'm guessing. But birds are chirping nonetheless. Sun's out. But it's football. Early Christmas for people in Minnesota. Why? Because the Vikings get to play the Patriots tomorrow. So that whole Dallas Cowboys, we can start throwing that away tonight. As you're taking your turkey brine and all your, you know, whatever you're doing and you throw that stuff in the trash to get ready for Thanksgiving, just go ahead and throw that Vikings-Dallas game in the trash with it. But remember, people, you can find Locked On Sports Minnesota on Amazon, Fire, and Roku. You just go to your TV, hit the little app, and you know what comes next? You can find and search Locked On Sports Minnesota, and then you'll get to hang out with us and see us every day. And it's easy. When you're working at home and you just need some background noise? Just click play. Hear what we have to say about the Minnesota Vikings. But again, that's on Amazon Fire and Roku. Search Locked On Sports Minnesota. Well, Sam, I got to get into it. I'm going to pay the T's off early. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan Orlovsky, and, and not just Dan Orlovsky, the, the NFL Live team, and it was live, so I, I really – I hope they tweeted. I'm guessing they're going to tweet it out later. But it was live, so I didn't catch the whole gist of it. But basically, what Dan Orlovsky said – was that if the Minnesota Vikings lose to the Patriots, they're in trouble. And I understand where he's coming from. One, he he has a quarterback mind, so he's always kind of quarterback driven. And he always, you know, that's their job. Their job is to throw out flashy statements and make big splash statements. Because even if the Vikings lose and go eight and three and they end up winning, like I said, and be 12 and five, it doesn't matter. They're in the playoffs and they won the NFC North. So who cares about how they lost, when they lost, how many they lost in a row? Nobody cares like losing two games doesn't matter now if it's if if the teams like we talked about yesterday if the 49ers and these other teams that are kind of coming back, you know, getting closer back to Minnesota and they have a chance to 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 hurt that seeding where the Vikings are no longer number 2, but personally Sam, I feel like win lose, or draw it doesn't make or break the Vikings season. One, this is coming off of a devastating loss on a short week. Um there's so many factors to this, you know that I just don't know if we can say, "Oh, they're in trouble." You can say that because that's that's what your job is to say that. I don't personally think that I need to throw out a splashy statement like that. I don't think they're in trouble. I don't. I mean, yes, it's gonna suck and people are gonna be pissed off th- uh, Thursday night, you know, heading into Black Friday shopping and all that. So- I get it, but I just don't think them losing this game to the Patriots is the end all be all. They find a way to go fourteen and three. You're telling me we're gonna look back and be like, oh man, season was over after they lost to the Patriots. No, they went 14 and 3. Who cares who they lost to, when they lost to them, and how? It doesn't matter. Because at the end of the day, they're 14 and three. They're the number two C having to play the e- and maybe the Eagles lose too. We don't know. We do not know. Because the Giants are gonna get better. Like the teams the Eagles have to play down the stretch. The Bears, that run game is getting better. So is the season over? Should they be panicking if they lose to the Patriots? No. No, that's three games. Eight and three. Nobody put them on an eight and three record at this point, or eight and two, sorry, at this point. If they win and go nine and two, again, they're playing with house money. Nobody expected that because I think everybody feels like at nine and two, they're going to beat the Packers, the Lions, and the Bears. That's just my opinion. They're going to beat the Packers, the Lions, and the Bears. And they're probably going to beat the Colts, you know, but. That's 12 wins there. That's that's where I said they were going to get to. So they're, it's there. It's in reach. You know, I can't wait to go back at all the tweets of the people tweeting me like, oh, they'll be lucky if they win 10 games this year. Uh, just another team. Here we go. As soon as they lost to the Eagles, oh, they're never going to get there. Because even when they lost to the Eagles, I still put it out there. I was like, hey, it, it's it's not going to matter. Season's not over. They just lost. But Sam, I don't know. what are you, If they lose to the Patriots, Sam, do you agree with Dan Orlovsky? Do you think the sky is falling? They need to panic. And they need to figure this thing out.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, Ron, you look back at a lot of Super Bowl champions of the past. They've all got blips in the season. The Rams had a terrible stretch in November. The Rams were done for in November. And people were saying it's the same old Stafford. Can't put a few games together. Um, And then they won the Super Bowl. They got hot in December. So if the Vikings have their lull now. Better having it now than having it around Christmas. Better having it now than having it um, in the first round of the playoffs. So I'm not, I don't think they're done. I'm not all that concerned. The two seed is very much beckoning. I think the biggest damage it inflicts, Ron, is that the one seed might get away from them. If yeah. they go two games behind and don't have the tiebreaker, so basically three games, that's going to be hard to make up. Um, but for the long term health of their season, No, I think that they can still beat the Jets and get right back on track. The Lions on the road is extremely winnable. I mean, honestly, the next four after this Patriots game, I feel like they can win all of them. And in fact, the Vikings can win any game the rest of the way. The question is, how is their health going to hold up? How is their execution going to be if they have some guys that are injured? Uh, The Vikings are dealing with it right now. They're dealing with their lack of depth at certain positions, and that's Mm -hmm. that's sort of the biggest test facing this team. Um, and they're going to take on a coach, Ron, who is going to know how to exploit those absences, uh, especially if Derrissaw is not playing, which he is not on Thursday night.
0: So and this is what I look at with the playoffs. And, and we have Leo Lewis coming up, joining us on the Ron Johnson show today. Uh, but we're looking at the playoffs just to give us a picture of why I feel like you never know what's going to happen. The Vikings, as of now, would play the Seahawks, right? Because two play seven, right? Is that how they're doing this or... Do yeah, one two plays seven. Yeah, that's it. Because so the only person gets a buy is the one. So two plays seven, six plays three, and then four plays five. Now, here's the cool thing about that the way it's set up two plays seven. That's the Seahawks. The Eagles would get the four and five, which could be the Cowboys. I feel like the Cowboys late in the season going to Philly. I think the Cowboys might be able to beat the Eagles. Now, this is what's a little nerving, though. Both those teams destroyed the Vikings. But if the Cowboys beat the Vi- or Eagles, the Cowboys have to come back to Minnesota if the Vikings can find a way to beat the e- the uh, 49ers, if that's the way it pans out. Same with the Buccaneers. Don't think that the Buccaneers in the playoffs to- to- uh, playoff Tommy can't beat the Cowboys. Playoff Tommy beats the Cowboys. Playoff Tommy probably can go figure out a way to beat the Eagles. And then playoff Tommy has to come see the Vikings in Minneapolis as well. So it's not over. Now, the Eagles are the odds on favor right now to to, to host the NFC Championship game. We know that. BetOnline.net, I'm pretty sure, has those odds out there. But don't don't think that stranger things haven't happened. I think you brought it up. I think the Steelers were like a a low 6C when they won it. I think the Giants were like a 6C when they won it. So chip chair and a chance. And you give old Tom Brady a chip and a chair. I mean, the way he's playing this year, he's playing like a man that just got divorced. Literally, like he doesn't care. He's going to find a way to make sure his team is going to ball out. This dude gave up everything for this game. So he is going to want to go out. Now, if he retires after this year, then I'll be like, dude, you should have just retired it and saved your marriage. But maybe it was already done. Maybe it was already done. There's not the Tom Brady show because I can go on about that. Uh, Giselle going off with her karate instructor. My guess is that's not new. (laughs) <laughs> so it might have you hear the Nova? new theory on that ron the, the new it?
1: theory is that they divorced so that giselle could take a bunch of their wealth because away from the ftx the ftx deal yeah huh? so that they preserve their wealth it's uh that's an, it's just about as good as the masked singer theory as to where tom brady was in training camp did he was he on the Masked singer that was the rumor but it but sounds never... like he was actually on vacation with Giselle trying to save his marriage. So it wasn't quite that interesting. He also
0: took a trip with uh, Bridget Moynihan because we know that was in the tabloids as well. Him and Bridget went to their house in the Hamptons or something and both were in the same house with their son. And they do share a kid, but still, my, my ex-wife or my baby's mother, I'm not sleeping. I can't sleep in the same house. Like It just wouldn't work, especially if I'm married. No, no, you, we're not doing that. But um, <laughs> when, you, when you think about that with Tom Brady and all the other, the FTA, I like that. I like that one. That FTX, that I wouldn't put it past him. Strategic. Hey, str- very strategic. She has yeah. a lot of money. And he can, you know, in the divorce, he can say, you know what, you can have it all. I don't even want it. I don't want I I give away my wealth. Like like uh Eddie Murphy in coming to America, denouncing his throne uh, for love. So hey, maybe Tom Brady is smart. Like, hey, I'm gonna you you can have it all. I don't want this, you take it. And then when they sue him, uh we're 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 taking 10% of your wealth. He'd be like, Look, I only got a million dollars. So Here's your hundred thousand, thank you. And then all of a sudden, me and Giselle have reconciled. We're in love. I'm sorry for everybody. And they buy
1: houses next to each other too, across the street, across like the
0: bay. Yeah, across the bay in Tampa, they both have houses near each other. Um, But if she went on vacation just to really push the narrative, like with that dude, the karate dude, that's even fun. That's that's like that's true acting and going the extra mile. Uh, You know, that's like Adam Sandler putting on weight for that movie he just did as a, as a road traveling guy with a uh, Bo Cruz and uh, Anthony Edwards uh, hustle. Like that's, that's dedication to the, to the role you're playing, you know, Chris Hemsworth in the gym, trying to be Thor. Like that's dedication. If they really mm-hmm. faked the vacation with the karate instructor, just to make sure the sec and everybody who's might come after their money with FTX. It's like, Hey, this is real. They're divorced. She has the money. He really, he gave half up. He didn't have a prenup. So, Hey, he doesn't have it anymore. But we got Leo Lewis coming up next on the Ron Johnson show. He's going to hang with Ron Johnson. Then we're going to do the daily three. But remember, Mondays and Thursdays, the football party on Locked On Sports Minnesota with Arif Hassan, Luke Inman, Luke Braun, and Sam Ekstrom. I join every once in a while just to get under Luke's skin a little bit. That's Luke Braun, by the way, with (laughs) his rabbit. Don't ask me why. But you can check that out on Locked On Sports Minnesota every Monday and Thursday. And We have a word from our sponsors.
1: BetOnline.net is your top sports wagering source. It's football, it's basketball, it's hockey, boxing, golf, and you get some World Cup lines there as well. And if you like sports podcasts, they've got you covered. Full of news and analysis, full of all the lines for all the games. The latest Minnesota Vikings-New England Patriots line, the Vikings are favored by two and a half points. The over-under, 42 and a half for tomorrow night at U.S. Bank Stadium. Check it out at BetOnline.net where the game starts. Well, we got Leo
0: Lewis, former Vikings receiver, joining me in the Hang with Ron Johnson segment. Leo, I want to thank you for joining me. Uh, I got to jump out there, man. I saw you at the game Sunday. Uh, Everybody assumed that this would be a closer game. Uh, It was a toss-up. I think it was one and a half points. So that means anybody's game. Uh Vegas just does that to, to, to try to get some betters on one side or the other. And Dallas Cowboys definitely covered. (laughs) They beat them 40-3. to Uh, But as an alumni, being in the alumni suite, uh, uh, 40-pointer put up on your team, what was that alumni atmosphere? I saw Chuck Foreman. I saw Paul Krause. I saw EJ Henderson. I saw Andrew Andrew Sandejo, uh, Willie Howard. Uh, What was that atmosphere like that up there as you guys kind of saw what the Cowboys were doing to the Vikings?
2: You know what, Ron? uh, And thanks again for having me, man. It's always good to see you guys. Um, Appreciate it. You know, we had uh, a large crowd at the beginning of the game. Uh, You know, certainly we were were anticipating a good struggle and a good game, for that matter. You know, I even saw some former players from out of town who came up here specifically for the game. So it was good to see some of those guys. Some of them were my teammates. And, um, you know, it's always good, man, in that alumni suite because you you tend to see players who uh, that, you know, you haven't seen in a while. So it's always good. I, I, but by the third quarter, man, I, I could have found a seat anywhere in that place. And uh, unfortunately, we even had some of the former players uh, leave uh, recognizing that it was done uh, by the third quarter.
0: Yeah, that's and and so when you think about that, you know, uh, and I know conversations happen because I, I mean, like I said, I was around some of the guys uh, before the game. You know, I, I saw some of the guys later in the day. Uh, what what were those, because I know the defensive guys, you know, they always, like, whether it's like, man, you got to fight back, or man, we'd to hit them in the mouth, or whatever it might be. I mean, we think about EJ Henderson, you think about Anderson Deho, uh, you talk about Paul Krause. You know, these are guys that bought the energy all the time. Um, what, were, what was some of that like? Like, what were some of the alumni saying, or what yeah. were even you guys talking about when you were watching? I mean, honestly, the defense gets seven sacks. Like, the offensive line really didn't uh, help Kurt out much. And then mm-hmm. the offensive coordinator, though, uh for the Vikings didn't do a good job of, right. of making sure to change up some of the play calls because clearly five-step drop was not working with a guy like Micah Parsons. Uh but what kind of advice or what kind of like you know tactics were you guys talking about up there?
2: Well, I tell you what, I I I stayed really quiet and um there wasn't much conversation. I mean it was obvious, you know, okay. it wasn't anything that we could do or say, and that's what was uh self-defeating and that, uh, you know, we couldn't add to any, any of the uh, progress that, the, well, the minimal progress that the Vikings displayed there out on the field. Yeah, But I, I think it wasn't very difficult to understand. The Vikings did not have it. Dallas played close to a perfect game. Um, yep. In terms of offensively, I was really pleased to, to see that, uh, you know, the quarterback was back in the saddle and, and back to his standard of playing well. Uh, on the other hand, we we you know we're getting to get the the wearing of the season uh, that that we normally see with teams uh, injuries uh, lackadaisical play. Uh, but I, I I agree with you. I, I didn't like the offensive play calling of the Vikings, and it just didn't seem like that they had anything that would click. Um, and at the same time, they weren't that creative. Um, so. Uh, you know, I don't know what else to say, Ron, And that um, <laughs> Dallas played near perfect, uh, a near perfect game, and yeah. you can appreciate their talent. Um, you know, we have to tell our listeners, you know, every team has great players. Um, sometimes injuries, uh, you know, bad games like the Vikings is experienced by every team in the league. Yeah. Yeah,
0: and and that's what I think people don't understand is they've only lost two games. Like it's not like they're four and five or five and four or something like that. Like they're eight and two. They're Mm -hmm. eight and two heading into a Thanksgiving game tomorrow. Um, I know everybody's excited about that. You get to eat your turkey early, sit behind the TV, or head down to the stadium to watch the game. Uh, And so, Leo, when you think back to your days as a player, uh, captains on your team, leaders in that locker room after you would get your butt whooped uh or just lose like what what like guys like Kirk Cousins whether it's Justin Jefferson mm-hmm. uh whether it is Kevin O'Connell as a coach what do the leaders you know cuz it's a short week so you don't have a whole week to even sulk and yeah. work i mean you literally monday rest kind of walk through watch film quick but don't really watch it throw it away like Adam Thielen said flush it down the toilet move on tuesday yeah. fast paced practice get sle- you know sweaty today another kind of fast pace but no hitting and then you're basically in a hotel, you know, you, you can stay in a hotel at night if you want. You can stay home with your family, be down to the stadium for the night game. So, yeah. or I think, no, you know what, they're staying in the hotel and then they get to go home in the morning. Yeah. Uh, and then they got to come back. So I think that's a good deal. Make sure they are all at home and nobody's out partying tonight. night. Um, but when you think about that, like, what do the leaders need to say to, to each other and to the rest of the team to kind of understand, hey, this is just another game and we got to move on to the Patriots. Like, what what does that
2: leader voice would have sound like yeah. back in your day? Well, you know, it depends on whether you won the game before or not. And and certainly if you win, uh, you're probably going to be more conservative in your play calling the next game on, on mm-hmm. Thursday. So, uh, you know, I never played on a team that was eight and two. So I can't really <laughs> relate to having a winning program go into a Thursday night game, which yeah. back then primarily was always an away game for us because okay. you either played in Detroit or you played in Dallas. Yep. And we played in both when I was playing. and. Relatively successful. We we lost some games, but we also won some good games. And then you know, when I was in the front office, we went to uh, Dallas and Randy Moss and yep. and crew uh, had a great game in Dallas one year. But um, uh, we had good games in Dallas and and Detroit as well. So I, I think leadership would 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 really uh, dictate that if we won the Sunday before, to stay the same in terms of how we attack. The next team because we were very successful on the other hand if we had lost on sunday it would it would be kind of a, a man up game uh yeah. for thursday you know by and large I, I know you remember you know we'd rather play the games than practice to tell you the right truth. yeah you know because it was a much it was much easier to play the games than the practice practice was just uh, uh difficult to get through sometimes particularly if you lost the previous week Right.
0: Yeah. No, it's tough. Your body hurts. You're mentally just exhausted. Coming off of yeah. a win, practice is fun. It's great. The atmosphere around the facility is great. Uh, let's go back to that game. You you were in the front office for that. Randy Moss mm-hmm. set the world on absolute fire. Um, three catches, three touchdowns, like 163 yards. When you saw that, like what, what was going through your mind? And did you, did you realize at that moment, like, man, this kid is way better than we thought he would be?
2: Well, at that time it was mid-season. So, you know, we already knew Randy had the capabilities, but I think, you know, um uh he only had 3 catches. Right. You know, um and you know, he ended up breaking my record uh, <laughs> uh, yards per catch in a game. Um uh, uh, I think I I and, you know, we were talking about this uh earlier in the season when mm. uh, we always go to Washington. Um we had a good game against Washington almost all the time. And I, one of my best games was against Washington, although we lost that game. But anyway, you know, Randy had a good supporting cast. I mean, uh, Chris Carter was catching balls. Robert Smith was running the ball very well. Uh, and, you know, Randall C- uh, Cunningham, I believe at the time, yeah, he was the quarterback at the time, you know, was, was stellar. And it just happened to be one of those magical seasons for the Vikings at that time. Right. And, I mean, and
0: when, when you think about that, three catches – I know people are always wondering, like, why not just throw it to him every time? Yeah. Like, why not give this kid seven, eight catches? Let him go for 200, 300 yards. Like, put some records out there that'll never be touched again. Yeah. Um. But it didn't happen. Three catches, three three touchdowns. But again, that's that's history. Like, that picture now comes up on Twitter every time. Yeah. I've seen it probably 200 times this week already because everybody's getting ready for Thanksgiving, and they know, okay. like, Justin Jefferson has a chance to do that. Um. When you hear Justin Jefferson, so Justin Jefferson made this comment to the media. And he said, and that wasn't like, you know, being malicious. He was just saying, hey, Kirk, like cause they were asking about like Kirk throwing the ball. And he said, Kirk didn't even have time to throw me the ball. He said, I, he said, by the time I was coming out of my break, Kirk was already on the ground. Yeah. And he said, I felt like we should have done something different, whether it's quick game, hitches, yeah. slants, outs, uh, whether it's one steps, whether it's, it's screens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, when you hear a veteran receiver make that comment to the media as a front office staff and as a coaching staff, how much of that do you think resonates with them that they're like, you know what? JJ's right. We, we definitely let you guys down and didn't didn't help you guys out with some of that stuff, knowing that the Dallas Cowboys were pinning their ears back to come after
1: you. Yeah. Him.
2: Even though JJ's young, he's still one of the leaders of, of the team. You know, he leads by example. Let's put it that way. So for him to come out, it certainly is the echo of what people are feeling. Uh, particularly if you're not an offensive lineman, you know. Mm-hmm. But I, I, it is true, you know, You know, it, it, it wasn't difficult to understand uh, even the casual uh, fan to watch that game and understand that Kirk Cousins was uh, under duress a majority of the time. But you did feel that the quarterback didn't deliver the ball quick enough, and maybe that has something to do with um, uh, J.J.'s uh, comment about, you know, having a, a short passing game in your game plan. Mm-hmm. And, you know, well, uh, Ron, you know, you need that anyway, particularly right. if a, you play in a team that blitzes all the time. You always yeah. have to have a blitz route built in your in your play. And right. uh, I, I don't know if the Vikings are good at that, to right. tell you the truth. Yeah, uh, no, I agree. So um, I, I think everyone needs to be blamed, <laughs> you know, and uh, I'll leave it to that. I don't think there's there was one single uh, play nor uh, event that, uh the Vikings had the capture that was going to save that, that team that night.
0: And before we jump into the daily three, Leo, tell the people what are what's going on with the Leo Lewis Foundation? I know you, you put a lot of work into that. You do a golf tournament, you do other events. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you really pour back into the community because I know the Vikings community, like a lot of the players have foundation. We saw we just saw Adam yeah. Thielen give out turkeys. Uh, we saw Eric Kendricks giving out Thanksgiving meals yeah. at the car wash. Uh, so as a, as a player, it seems like that's ingrained into the, the the program for guys like that, like yourself, to be able to give back to the community. But, you know, you're well done past your playing days. Mm-hmm. Uh, why? why What drives you to want to continue to give back and, you know, and, yeah. and continue to do the
2: Leo Lewis Foundation? Well, that's a good question, man. And, you know, it's just ingrained in me. You know, my mother and father, uh you know, raised me to uh, kind of understand, uh, you know, the value of education um uh, getting good mentor mentoring and uh they were very humble. And so I started that belief and and mindset and, and, and a growth mindset about how you can give back. And uh it just so happens as an educator myself, uh youth development was part of my scholarly work. And I just extended it to the to the public. And so when I was playing, you know, I started to do a lot of youth clinics, but I really felt that you know the youth needed more than just for us to teach them sports skills you know mm-hmm. i thought i thought the whole life development uh approach would be better and that's why that's when i started uh right after i retired in the early 90s i started a series of uh, life development camps for for football players where they would spend the night we go over a lot of sessions regarding life decisions and and then have football practice as well so it's been ingrained in me in my approach professionally and as well as I would apply some of those strategies that I learned all too well uh, and in the community. But I think right now, yeah, I mean, we're talking 30 years after I've retired. Um, it is part of my scholarly approach and professional approach to um, be a public, uh, as a public figure, to really contribute the best way that I can. And that's how I do it.
0: Yeah, And we're going to jump into the daily three. But remember, people, when you subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota, you're getting endless Vikings talk with local
1: experts. Subscribe to the free Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast feed. And also check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights. Only Locked On can provide. It's Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's jump into the daily three. We don't have the clock today. We're using a different program, but I'm going to have the clock here. So I'm going to keep you guys punctual starting the clock. Now, here's my first question. And you kind of talked about it a little bit already with Thanksgiving football. But I want you, Ron and Leo, to think back to either playing in a Thanksgiving game or watching Thanksgiving football, uh, whether you were a kid or an adult. What is a Thanksgiving football memory that you have in your life? Ron, we'll start with you
0: uh so for me honestly it's not the game itself uh whenever i would go home to detroit uh because we never played baltimore ravens we never played on thanksgiving uh and then i was hurt with the bears the year they did it so uh, i was able to go home and so i honestly remember my dad rest in peace uh which you know kind of brings up a a tough memory because this was the time where every time i went to detroit he'd be sitting on the couch in the living room watching the lions uh griping and 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 saying how how bad they are and how they'll never be the Pittsburgh Steelers and you know how they won you know the fourth Super Bowl. So I just remember that time. Like I remember my dad uh you know we watched the Bears Vikings or we watched the Bears Lions we watched the Cowboys line which same teams always play I got sick of that. Um th- <laughs> that that was my memory like I remember that not the games not who played in them yeah um any of that it was the memory of that like being able to walk into my dad's house He's sitting, you know, I know exactly where he's going to be. He's going to be in the living room, on the couch. Uh, You know, and the first thing he always says is, oh, did you eat enough? Because we always go to my grandma's first and my mom's side. And so that was the first thing. Oh, did you eat enough? Blah, blah. And, you know, take a plate with you. And, you know, my wife would be with me at the time. And, uh, you know, and then the grandkids eventually. So it was that. That's what I remember about Thanksgiving football. It, It really didn't. wasn't the game for me. It was the time that I knew this was a time that me and my dad, uh, cause we grew, I grew up that way. Like I grew up in high school, watching it with my dad. I grew up, you know, coming home for college whenever we didn't, you know, whenever I got a chance to come home for a quick second, uh, it was always Thanksgiving football. So, so that's the memory I have from it. Not, not the games, but the moments.
1: Hmm. Leo, how about you?
2: Yeah. I mean, this speaks to this whole notion. This is an American pastime because, uh, it was one of the few things that you, you can do besides just visit family, you know, and, and get full on, on, uh, you know, turkey and wine. But, um, you know, when I was a kid, yeah, I mean, that's what we did. Uh, we we happened to have family gatherings at our house during when I was a, a kid. But um, once I got a little older and, and moved up here, uh, you know, we went over to some friends' house almost all the time. And, you know, we would rotate, uh, uh, you know, holidays uh, amongst the, the core element of families that we had. And uh, like, for example, we would always get Easter, you know, and uh, but... Uh, so thanksgiving was never really spent at at our house when you know uh, when i started to raise my family and um but i I think one of the things when i talk about it being a pastime i mean you know it was ingrained that you'd be watching either dallas and or uh detroit play every thanksgiving and you didn't do anything else now some people would probably if you didn't live in this northern climate probably go out and go go on a golf course somewhere and play afterwards but um it's an American pastime. Let's put it that way. And uh, we're talking about how sports is so ingrained in in
1: that pastime. Good answers, guys. Uh, I appreciate those. I'm uh, moving on to a Patriots question. So the Patriots coming in here, Mac Jones is the quarterback, Bill Belichick obviously still the coach. I want your take on whether or not that pairing of Belichick and Jones is that good enough to bring the Patriots back to the Super Bowl at some point in the post-Tom Brady era? We'll start with you, Ron.
0: No. I don't even need three minutes. I don't need a minute. No. Like, nothing against Mac Jones, nothing against Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick is definitely the GOAT. Like, he is one of the greatest coaches of all time. You can say it was Tom Brady, and we don't know if it's the chicken or the egg. Tom did win one with Bruce Arians, but Bruce Arians also did good things with the Cardinals. So Bruce Arians is a good coach. He just never had the quarterback to get over the hump. And I forgot who I was talking to, but they said... Winning a Super Bowl. Oh, no, P.J. Flex said this yesterday. He said winning games and winning like big bowl games, national championship, whatever. He's like, if you look at all the champions, and he was talking college. He was like, it's not always about winning every single game the right way. You have to get lucky sometimes. You have to get the right bounce sometimes. You. He said, that's the reason why it's the greatest sport. And I, I agree with Leo, because the ball is not like a circle. Like a basketball, I can throw it down nine times out of 10. It's going to come back, back to where I want it to. A football is not going to do that. You can throw a ball 10 times at a wall it's going to bounce a different way every time. And so a fumble, a, a, a tip pass, all that kind of stuff, that change, a, a field goal, you know, that changes the game. And uh, it, it, I think that's why Bill Belichick is the goal because of how hard it is. Like NBA, you got to beat a team seven times. So you get a chance if you're not the best team, you lose one night, you can come back. Football, if you're not the best team and you're not playing good, you're going to lose. And that's why football is one, like the playoffs is one of the best because you don't have multiple games to try to get it right. You got to get it right. And Bill Belichick, he did it. So I don't, but I don't think Mac Jones is the quarterback personally. I think it's going to come maybe, you know, I just don't think, I mean, unless, and Bill Belichick probably not going to play, you know, coach for 10 more years, but well, who knows? Uh, but no, my answer is no.
1: Okay,
2: Leo? Well, I mean, at one time you didn't think Tom Brady was going to be the quarterback, but I, I don't know. I, I I do believe coaching and and management are in sync, and it has been proven over the years that the New England uh, franchise has, has has the the template for winning. And uh, if they want Mac Jones to lead their team, I, I think they they may have a formula that may look different than the Brady formula. But um, I I have to put my bet on that management eventually knowing what they're doing and um after thursday you know i i salute them you know but i think uh the vikings i, I think we should be headed toward understanding the vikings even more after this after this game mm-hmm. and uh yeah they've been resilient all year but uh against a new england team that uh, by and large knows what they're doing uh they 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 have just gone against a buzzsaw with their divisional foes but um mm-hmm. They know what they're doing. So uh, the litmus test Thursday is going to be whether the resiliency of the Vikings can take another turn, whether it can look different. Um, Because we did understand that the way they had been uh, coming back into games uh, can fall flat. And this
0: is what I will say. If the Vikings, or sorry, no, if Bill Belichick had two, uh, so two Alabama quarterbacks, two of Mac Jones, I think Tua might get Belichick there. I just don't know if
2: Mac yeah. Jones is the guy. Shoot, Tua will get us there. What are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, you know, let's, hey, the elephant in the room is that we need a mobile quarterback. I don't care if he's on the bench right now or not. We need a mobile quarterback.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Tua is legit. I will agree with you there. Uh, let's have some fun with this last one. Thanksgiving tomorrow. I want you to describe your perfect Thanksgiving meal, the entree, the sides, the desserts. Give me the buffet that you're going to be partaking in. Ron, what do you got?
0: So uh, I love fried turkey. Um, But I also, and this is one that like a lot, a lot of people have tried before. So you fry the turkey, but you don't like some of the meat. So you, you take, or sorry, no, sorry, this fried turkey, you fry, and then you have a smoked turkey. And then the smoked turkey, that meat is still succulent enough that you can yeah. wrap it in like a, a batter and you can deep fry it. So it's like deep fried smoked turkey. So now you have that. See, so a little crispy to it with the with the seasoning. You throw that on a sandwich with bacon and pickles with like hot sauce <laughs> and like Tennessee hot chicken. Sandwich. It's a Tennessee hot chicken sandwich, but you use turkey. But then you still have your regular turkey from the fryer on the side as well. It, it, it's, it's a fat boy meal. And then you got you got candy yams. you got, So we get the Brussels sprouts in there. Uh, you, you throw a little bit of macaroni and cheese. I'm not a big macaroni and cheese fan, but my wife and my mother-in-law both make it. So I kind of just eat it just to taste it, but I don't do a whole bunch. A mm. little bit of mac and cheese. And then you got the bread. The bread is like my mother-in-law makes homemade bread. So she started making it this morning, and then she lets it rise overnight. And then she puts it in the oven tomorrow. Like, I can't wait for that. And that, that's my. And then with the bread, you got butter and honey. Oh, yeah, that's that's my perfect one right there. Hmm. Wow. It's a fat boy meal. Then nice. I go to Lifetime Fitness and workout after that. Man, I gotta go work Yeah, out you
2: that. can't worry about working out, <laughs> watching your weight. Come on now. <laughs> Shoot, eat eat. This is a day to eat, and by by and large, you are full and plump by the end of the day. Oh yeah, no about that. But you know, you gotta have some turkey. You gotta have some ham as well. Um, you know, I've been at some dinners where you had all three. Uh, beef or, or fish for that matter. Oh, yeah. But oh, yeah. I like turkey, ham with the greens and, and green beans, mashed potatoes, um, macaroni and cheese. Uh, what else? Oh, uh, you know, certainly a glass of wine. We you can't go without a Cabernet to follow <laughs> up with that, of course. And, but the most important thing is getting to dessert and the sweet potato pie with a little coconut in it would probably tap it off. And uh, you're plump, and then you're you're kind of probably going to have to go to sleep a little bit while you're watching the football game. But you're rejuvenated after the first game, and you go back in there and get you another another helping. Yeah,
0: yeah no, I agree. I think this is the first time because I, I can't drink because I got to do the post game. Uh, so yeah, I got to I got to have my drink after yeah. after the after the post game show. But I'm definitely doing it. I'm hoping Brick and Bourbon is going to stay open okay. over Mean Prairie because uh, I heard they just opened November 1st. I've been seeing pictures. People have been sending, because they know I love bourbon, So People have been sending me pictures of, like, all their special drinks. Like, they do this smoke deal inside this big, like, smoker, and then they okay. bring a the drink to you. So, yeah, so I'm definitely hoping they're staying open to 1, 2 a.m. Uh, so I can get over there. Uh, but if not, then I will be over there Friday for sure. Friday afternoon, I will be over there, because I have nothing until the go through <coughs> Saturday on Fox. Uh, so definitely looking forward to that. But, Sam, before we get out of here, what, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? What is, what is your meal?
1: Yeah, um so I'd like an invite to the Johnson and the Lewis household <laughs> cuz your meals sound really really good. Um, <laughs> you know, we've got a young a young family, two toddlers in the house and we're yeah. just like at the stage where we are no longer necessarily going home to grandma and mom and aunts mm-hmm. and uncles like now no one's cooking for us anymore. We have to cook for ourselves. So we're just like figuring out what our Thanksgiving meals are going to look like um so we'll, we'll put something together on Thursday but um if you have any good recipes send them our way because we're not super um culinarily minded in this house so we would uh we would love some tips
0: I would definitely uh next year for sure you are invited you and the family are invited over uh this year I mean as you know we're moving so the House is an absolute mess, and we're not going to have the kitchen ready until probably. I think because I, I just got a text from my wife, the electrician just left, um, so we're still working on getting all the stuff in the house together before we move next week, Wednesday. Uh, well, yeah, a week away, we're a week away from moving, so um, yeah, this year is an absolute chaotic time. Uh, which is why we, we so we're not even having a lot of people over for Thanksgiving, we're just having the immediate, like her parents and then her sister that's it so we didn't invite a bunch of people this year because the boxes are all in the kitchen and in the living room and we're like this is not the year to host but next year for sure sam in the new house you're definitely invited i definitely have some recipes though i can get my mother-in-law has a book like that's her dying wish is to make sure that her kids are able to carry on uh her what she does and because she knows i can cook my wife can cook but i definitely am more of the chef type stuff so she's Kind of put some stuff. So, that Tennessee chicken fry deal I put together, that's, that's me. I found out from the state fair. So, nice. probably one of the best sandwiches I've had was the chicken. So, this year, I'm trying the turkey version of it. So, we'll see how it turns out. But I want to thank Leo Lewis for joining us on the Ron Johnson show. I want to thank Sam Extrem for running the show. I want to thank everybody that continues to watch, download, subscribe, listen. We are extremely grateful and thankful for all of your support from our family to yours. We want to wish you guys a very, very happy Thanksgiving. Merry Christmas is coming up soon, so we know as soon as the turkeys are done, the Christmas lights. Some of you already have Christmas lights up. I get it. I'm not going to get into that because I already know that argument. (laughs) But remember, Locked On Sports gives you endless Vikings talk. Make sure you subscribe to Locked On Sports, Minnesota's YouTube channel, where you can find all of our videos, instant podcasts. After every single game, the Vikings press conference delivering all the biggest news. Can the Vikings sustain this season if they lose to the Patriots? What do you think? Yes or no? Have a great day.